Welcome to Pure Mind Magic, the show to evolve your mind. Our mind is the most powerful thing we have, but no one teaches us how to use it. When we find out how, we're ready to create magic in life and in business. Learn real mindset secrets from brilliant minds around the world to change your mindset and income level forever. With every decision you make, you create your future. What is your next move? Now, welcome your host. International magician, speaker, and podcast performance consultant, Jennifer S. Royal. Hi, this is Jennifer, and welcome to Interview Friday. I really have an amazing guest today. His name is Mark Green. And when you are new to this show, please make sure to subscribe so you won't miss any of the new upcoming episodes. When I heard of the book Mark has written, I really directly had to have it. So went online and ordered it. The book is called Activator and it claims that it discusses why is it so difficult to execute what you already know you should be doing. And maybe you've been in this place before that you knew from your mind exactly what the next step would be, but for some reason you procrastinated or just didn't act on your idea or what you know you had to do. So Mark will explain that in this interview, why that is the case and what we can do about it. We also discuss on clear thinking and really getting things done because everyone is talking about productivity and productivity hacks. But what actually does it take to get things finally done and out of your way? So there are some reasons that hold you back and Mark will explain that as well. So it's easy He talks about easy to use tools to overcome invisible patterns of thinking that undermine our leadership and results. So you really can expect an outstanding interview from a real expert today. Before we dive into the interview, I have a quick note for you. Maybe you are like me, you are a real podcast lover and you listen to podcasts all the time, wherever you are, you are constantly learning new things, getting new insights. And sometimes it's really easy to lose track and to remember where you heard what. And also when you are... Um, you get ideas about things you want to look up or books that are interesting that you would like to have and you have this all in your mind it can be really overwhelming and exactly for that case and for myself I created a podcast listening journal this is a journal a planner where you can put all the information down that you are listening to you have everything in one place and you can put the date when you heard it and what it was about the key takeaways and also all the links resources you would like to check out. With that, you make sure that you won't miss anything. And we all know that it's really easy to forget about great ideas when we don't write them down. You can prevent that from happening and can get my podcast listening journal from Amazon today. There will be a link in the show notes, so very easy to grab yours. Now, let's dive directly without further ado into the interview. And here is for you on the show, Mark 
Green. Hi, Mark. Welcome to Pure Mind Magic. Hi, Jennifer. Great to be with you today. I'm so happy that you said yes to the interview, and I got you as an amazing recommendation from Brian Wish, and I'm so happy that he shared this with me and also linked me to your book, Activators. So before I start asking you a ton of questions, can you introduce yourself, Mark, to the audience, please? Yes, thank you, Jennifer. Uh, my name is Mark Green, and I am a speaker, author, and business growth coach. I've worked with thousands of CEOs and executive leaders worldwide uh, to help them put the mental models, uh, processes, and tools in place so that they can scale the organizations that they're trying to run and build uh, much more effectively over time. Very nice. And Mark, can you also share something from your personal life, like your backstory? So what brought you to this moment in life? Wow, that's a long, that's a, that's a big question. Um, I, I would say I've, I've always had an inkling that I was going to be in some sort of a business of helping people or being of service to people. And that was from a very young age. Uh, I was always someone who was easy to talk to for others. And I didn't know what that meant at the time. I didn't know how it was going to look. And then you sort of go through life's journey. Um, and I ended up in a place in about 2003 where I had an opportunity to step out on my own, start my own business, which I did. And I launched a leadership development training company, which was the first iteration of this coaching business and speaking business that I now have uh, today. And it's been an amazing journey. Um, and I've learned and grown a lot along the way to become who I am uh, and be able to be as effective as I am. And I'm the luckiest guy around because I get to work with brilliant people doing amazing, powerful, mission-driven things uh, and help them get more of what they want on their own terms and drive economies uh, along the way. Amazing. That sounds like a business dream come true, what you are doing. And I know that you're helping people, CEOs that are stuck in earning between 50 to 400 millions in revenue. So this is quite a level. So, and you're speaking of that they entered a growth trap then so they get stuck there so how does that happen and how do you approach helping them to break free again well every business regardless of where it is is ultimately going to run into some sort of a ceiling or an obstacle where the the team of people who have been operating the business really can't get it past where it is by doing the same things and thinking about the business the same way as they had in the past And for some businesses, it happens very early, and that's why a lot of very teeny businesses fail very quickly uh, at, say, less than a million uh, U.S. turnover uh, annually. Uh, the folks I work with are typically much more successful than that, but eventually they get to a place where they're trapped. They, they can't continue to grow and do things the way they do, and that's where I step in uh, and typically engage with the CEO and the executive leadership team, their direct reports, uh, in a team coaching format and help them change how they think, uh, change the processes that they use to, to manage and run the business, and also give them tools so that it makes it easier uh, to communicate more fluidly and uh, operate the business at a faster pace while actually expending less energy and less time. 
that's an amazing approach you are taking there. So from your perspective and your experiences, what would you say, Mark, how big is the role that the mindset actually plays? It's, it's everything. It may sound trite, but the truth of the matter is it's everything because we carry it around with us as this invisible uh, influencer of everything that we think, say, and do. And we like to think that as humans, we, we have free choice, right? We have this illusion that we really have free choice in any moment of any day. And the truth of the matter is most of us actually don't have free choice. And the reason I say that is because we carry our past with us. We carry our prior conditioning with us. We carry certain, uh, certain assumptions and beliefs with us that unconsciously color our ability to exercise free choice. And, and so it really is an illusion. And part of what I help my clients do, and part of the reason I wrote the book in, in the first place is to amplify this concept that uh, it's, it's something you can't see or feel, but yet it's there in everything that's going on and every decision you make and every action you take as a leader. Um, and this was a conversation that I, I saw repeating itself over and over again with my clients. Um, I saw it in me. I saw it in other coaches that I mentor around the world and felt like we really needed to do something to uh, shine a light on it and address it. Uh, and so to me, the, 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 the backdrop of mindset is behind um, everything. Um, and you're not going to find a success story in this world without a large component of it coming from mindset. And you're not going to find um, a failure in this world without a large component of it coming from mindset. I 100% agree with you. And it's like this, right, Mark, that we can't Google our mindset. No, you, you can't. Um, and that's one of the reasons why you have to have an out-of-body experience or an out-of-body partner uh, to help you see it and hear it and, and look at these things. And what I mean by that is, is nothing... Uh, nothing crazy, but just this idea that there's got to be someone else, someone other than you, who can point this out in you for you to see. Um, now, you have to be open to it. And, and this is the role of a great coach. It could be the role of a mentor or uh, a, a very uh, close peer or a friend, um, somebody that you, you agree to be vulnerable with. Um, but it's very, very difficult for us to spot our biases and beliefs and assumptions in ourselves. And so you have to create this out of body capability through someone else to reflect those things to you. And of course, you have to be open to hear things that are going to make you pretty uncomfortable. Yes, so true. And interestingly, all the really successful people I have here on the show, they all tell me that they wouldn't have had the success they have without coaches and mentors helping them along the way. And so it's a really nice picture how you put it like this out of body. And I once came across this picture where a fly is flying every time against the window, the wall, uh, every time and not seeing that the window besides this window is open. So like meaning having the coach, the coach can see things you can't see yourself and open a new way for you. 
And ironically, the open window often is very nearby. You're yeah. just not seeing it and not able to act on it. That's that's right. Yeah. And you mentioned it like me as a magician, I'm also dealing with the invisible and working with the invisible as you do. And I think there's a big potential in being able to see things that are not yet visible and dealing with it. That's a great point, Jennifer. And I'll tell you that as I reflect back on my journey as a coach, one of the, the changes that, that I was able to grow into that made me massively more effective for my clients was learning the ability to be able to spot those things and actually have the bravery to say them to, uh, to a client and be that external reflector. Um, it sounds easy to do. You know, it's like, oh, okay, I, I, I hear Jennifer say something and I say, hey, Jennifer, you may not realize it, but, you know, you have this assumption that's behind what you said and are, are you open to a different possibility? Intellectually, that's easy to do. But the reality is, as a practitioner, it's very difficult to do because you think to yourself now, your own mind goes, what, what, what if I'm wrong? Um, what if they don't like what I say? Uh, will they like me? Um, will they want to keep working with me? Um, and on and on and on. And so interestingly, my own journey is intertwined with these learnings. Um, and ironically, it, it helped me become as effective as I am today. Um, and, and it's not an easy thing to really figure out how to do. So talking about mindset, Monk, what would you say for our audience are the best three tips to instantly improve the mindset? So the first thing I would say is that you need to change your neighborhood. You need to seriously question who you're spending time with, because in most cases, those are people who are keeping you where you are. They may have great intentions and they may be brilliantly smart people, but in general, we tend to hang around with people who are roughly at the same level as we are. Uh, if not slightly below where we are. And the reason for that is we feel good. It's an ego thing. Uh, and my challenge question here is, when's the last time that you put your ego seriously at risk by hanging around with people who are not two or three or four times, but five, 10, 20 times better or more sophisticated than you are? Those are the people that if you hang out with them, will help you see things differently, and that will result in a change of mindset. The second thing I would suggest is to learn how to capitalize on luck. And Jim Collins, who is a seminal consultant and business thinker and author and researcher, um, had a bit of research on return on luck that I find fascinating. And I teach it to all of my clients. And it's this idea that statistically, we all have the same amount of luck, good luck and bad luck. There's no difference really in terms of any business or any individual on the planet. Things happen. What makes all the difference in the world is how we react to the luck that we have. When we have good luck, how do we react to that? When we have bad luck, how do we react to that? And I I, I call this capitalizing on luck, and it's developing a default set of behaviors, a habit, okay, around 
thinking always about how do I make this even better? How do I make this even better? So when something good happens, you don't sit back and say, oh, thank goodness something good happened. You think, wow, this is great. How do I make it even better? And when something bad happens, you don't sit around and say, whoa, this is terrible. How horrible. And you complain to all your friends. Rather, you say, okay, look, this thing happened. How do I make it better? Or how do I capitalize on this event so that somehow I'm going to come out ahead and learn from this or, or build something on top of this thing? And it's that mindset that makes a huge, huge difference. Um, so that's the second suggestion I have. And the third suggestion I have would be um, to get in touch with your fears. I have a whole chapter in the book on fear and a tool that's designed to help uh, somebody overcome a fear to be able to act on something that they should act on or make a decision that they might not be otherwise willing to make. And uh, what I found is that fear tends to be compartmentalized into three different buckets, ego, scarcity, and a fear of failure. Um, not that something will fail, but an existential feel of failure, like I will become a failure. Um, and it's useful to really categorize your fear and to think deeply about the reality of how rational that is. And so um, really getting in touch with your fears would be the third piece of advice that I would give somebody as uh, a lever against uh, mindset or to actually promote a healthier, more positive mindset. Fantastic tips, Mark, on mindset. And you now mentioned your book, Activators. And before we move on, maybe we can let our listeners know where to find your book. Sure. Thank you very much, Jennifer. The book is called Activators, a CEO's guide to clearer thinking and getting things done. And it's available on Amazon in both softcover and Kindle and also in Audible. And I narrated it myself. So if you like my voice, you can buy the Audible version and you get to hear me read my own book. Um, I also have a website for the book at activators.biz, B-I-Z. And I have um, writable PDF versions of all of the tools from the book on the website available for free download and use. Amazing. And it's so cool, Mark, that you narrated your book yourself and really took the time for it, because I'm a big fan of this when the author narrates the book him or herself, because I think it makes a huge difference when it's the original energy behind it. Thank you. And I agree. And that's one of the reasons I made that choice. Very good. And now the listeners already get a taste of your amazing voice and i'm sure they are really willing to buy the audiobook that would be great <laughs> so mark the title has to do with clear thinking and getting things done and we know that we are thinking around 70 to 80000 thoughts a day most of them are negative or like meaningless. And we also know that clarity leads to power. So how can we approach this and think with more clarity? So all of the tools in the book and all of the activators are levers against clarity. And I think it would be uh, probably useful for me to run through the eight activators here um, briefly 
just to uh, give your listeners a, a sense of these, uh, these levers that we have. So the first activator is to reduce fear. We just talked about that. The second activator is to increase inspiration. And there's a relationship between fear and inspiration that's very important because one of those two things is at the root of every human uh, behavior, every animal behavior, I should say, uh, and humans as animals fall into that, of course. So uh, increasing inspiration, knowing how to deliberately increase your inspiration is a very useful technique because in, in balancing that with fear, it can help spur action where otherwise you might be hesitating to take action. The third activator is get rational and slow down. One of the ways to override emotion and interrupt negative habits is to get as rational as possible uh, and take the time to actually question and explore your urges to make a decision, to take a choice or an action. And that's an activator that can really help us also uh, get our mindset in a positive place. The fourth one is to change unproductive habits. And I'll just point out here that we have habits of doing, such as uh, having a cup of coffee every morning or eating a donut with, with our coffee or um, those kinds of habits, how we brush our teeth in the morning. And they're habits of thinking. And the habits of thinking are the ones here that uh, I'm most concerned with in this in the scope of the book. And it's this idea, again, of these habits of belief that we have that operate at a subconscious level, but they affect all the things that we do. And we need to get in touch with these and judge for ourselves what habits of thinking do we have that actually help us and what habits of thinking do we have that might be holding us back. Activator number five, change your neighborhood. We already talked about that. Uh, it's really criti critical to question who you're surrounded by um, and to, to really be able to challenge your ego uh, and upgrade your neighborhood, who you're surrounded by. Activator number six is to measure more, and that is take more granular metrics uh, on a day-to-day -day basis on your way toward larger objectives. And what this can do is help us maintain a better future focus uh, whereas we tend to be distracted and dissuaded from investing today for a future payoff. Activator number seven, leverage your past. Uh, we carry our baggage with us. The past is, is just a series of recollections of, of, of things. There's stories we tell ourselves. There's actually no factual basis to any of our memories of the past. Um, and when you recognize this, you realize you can reframe the way that you tell these stories to yourself. And again, do you have things that happened in your past that might be preventing you from thinking or acting in a certain way today? And if so, how do you go back and, and change, reframe those events so that they serve you today as opposed to having them hinder you? And finally, activator number eight is to enjoy the journey. Life is full of the unexpected. And if you can be okay with that reality, you can learn to capitalize on the unexpected and enjoy the process. And it's just being aware in any present situation of what's the opportunity here for me? How can I capitalize on this moment or learn from it? And how can I use this experience to help others? You'll notice there's a bit of return on luck in Enjoy the Journey, and that's intentional. And so these eight activators are the levers that we have that we can use to help ourselves think more clearly 
um, and as a result, get more things done, particularly in leadership. That are extreme helpful techniques you shared with us, and I can't wait to read through all of them. And I came across a description, I think it was on your website, where it says, easy to use tools to overcome invisible patterns of thinking that undermine our leadership and results. And there we are back to the invisible patterns. So would you say, Mark, that those are really subconscious, the invisible patterns, and that are that's that what's holding us back. Yes, and there there is a tool that I've created that corresponds to each of the eight activators. That is the lever that you can use to overcome what it is that's holding you back in that area. And I wrote the book specifically and designed the tools specifically so that you didn't have to really understand all the science and you didn't necessarily need to have that out-of-body experience occurring for you to get the benefit of the tool and the outcome. Um, and the only leap of faith that it requires is for you to just do it, just engage with the tool, follow the instructions on the tool, and it will help you with the outcome without necessarily having to bring you through all of the science that's backing it up. That's fantastic. So it's like in a magic show. You don't have to know how it's done. Just enjoy the illusion. And I'm sure a lot of people just want to get results without understanding all the science behind it. Yeah, my my clients are busy people and they uh, they don't like to take time for things that don't fully make sense to them. And there's a lot of giant scientific books written on this topic, as I'm sure you're aware of. A lot of it's academic. Mm -hmm. Almost none of it is just purely practical, like an mm -hmm. operating handbook to your business mind, okay? And that's the book that I set out to write because that's the book that the, the CEOs that I work with would be willing to consume and engage with and actually have a chance of implementing as opposed to some giant academic treatment where it's all technically correct and fascinating, but not of practical use to anybody. That is so true. And I'm really glad, Mark, that you wrote this book without the science and really helping people to implement these things. And this brings us also to implementation in general, because we have the one side with our mindset and coming up with all the thoughts, what we would like to have and all the strategies and goals and everything. But then there is this speed of implementation. And also like there is another invisible force from holding us back, making our thoughts come true. So to execute really what we know we should do, but we don't, as you de describe it. So why is that? So we each have a vision of who we aspire to become. And for many entrepreneurs out there who are listening to us here, it could be to be um, a very successful business owner or somebody that's respected or a game-changing CEO. And we have this vision that we hold of ourselves. And at the same time as we hold that vision, we have the current reality of who we really think we are, who we really know we are today. So, for example, if, if I'm struggling to muster up the courage to call an investor on the phone in reality right now in this moment, then how is it possible that I could 
possibly at the same time envision myself as this great CEO who's out to change the world. And there's a duality there that's very costly for us. And it's, it's this idea that we, we know what we want and we know what we should be doing. And yet at the same time, we're unable to do it. That's really costly. Uh, and psychologists call the phenomenon that that, that that creates emotional labor. It's this idea where we have to behave in a way that's different from how we actually feel. Um, and that's exhausting and not very sustainable. So the idea over time is to figure out, well, how do we change, close that gap, you know, close the gap between how we feel right now and how, what we aspire to be, who we aspire to be. Um, and again, the book is a mechanism to help us figure out how to close that gap. Where it all comes down to is chapter seven, which is called How to Change Your Behavior. And I spent some time on this because at, at, at the end of the day, I'm really a behavioral change agent because all of this is academic until somebody chooses to do something differently. And so we have to get into the mechanisms of behavior change, which is how to actually implement this to close the gap. And I'm a proponent of there's two primary ways that we can change behavior. We can think our way into being or we can be our way into thinking. And I give both of those some attention in the book. Um, the, the think your way into being is a mechanism kind of like affirmation, which I'm sure is a word that, that means something to you and to the listeners. This idea that if we repeat an aspiration over and over again, um, we will come to believe it to be true and then over time act in alignment with it. And the good news is, is that, is that um, that works affirmation is a, is a useful behavior technique. The bad news is it takes a lot of time and a lot of discipline to make it happen, which is why practically I'm a little bit more of a proponent of being your way into thinking, otherwise known as fake it until you make it. It's like, just do it. And the mechanism here is if there's something that you feel like you should be doing that you've identified, go find someone you know or a couple of people you know who are really good at that thing and ask them about it. Hey, when you do this thing, how do you do it? What do you say? What do you do? What are you thinking when you do it? Take some notes and then actually just go do it. Just go do that thing. And you might not be successful the first time, but you'll learn and you'll get it. And it's a much more rapid way to implement behavior change. It's a little bit, can be a little bit uncomfortable, but the discomfort is a small price to pay for the increased speed in an actual outcome. You mentioned the neighborhood when it comes to mindset. Would you also say, Mark, that we can kind of use our environment to change our behavior and our habits? Yes, absolutely. The, uh, the easiest example of this is that if, uh, if one of your habits is it's easy for you to be distracted from your priorities, um, and one of the reasons you're distracted is because you get emails all the time, then you need to modify your environment so that when you're operating in your focused time, you, you have absolutely no awareness of any emails that are coming to you. Now, it's a very simple example uh, for the same reason that um, if I was trying to lose weight, um, I would probably take all the cookies and sugar out of my house. Uh, because if they're in my house, then it's going to be tempting for me, right? And, and, and by having them out of the house, I'm not going to see them. 
Um, I'll also choose not to ask for a dessert menu when I'm out to a restaurant uh, because I'm, I'm actually altering my environment that way, taking control of my environment to achieve something that's important to me. So yes, absolutely. That was a really good description to this. So Mark, when you look back, you are now a very successful coach and author. What was the biggest struggle you had to overcome in your life so far? The biggest struggle that I had to overcome uh, is something that I resolved probably about 10 years ago now. And it gets to my ability to really be my authentic self. Um, and my duality gap at that time was that I aspired to be this amazing coach, this amazingly effective coach who people knew about from all over the world and CEOs sought after. And yet in any given moment, I felt like I wasn't that good. I felt like I knew the right questions to ask, but I couldn't ask them. Um, I knew the things to say, but I had fear that if I said them, they would damage my relationships with my clients. And so I was the poster child for the duality gap at that time in my life. And um, through a combination of changing my own neighborhood, although at the time I didn't realize that's what it was, um, and uh, doing some really focused learning and being the benefit of some great coaching, I was able to reprogram myself around these things to become very authentic in how I conduct myself professionally with my clients. Um, and you know, now it's 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 almost uh, it's a very interesting. I'm I'm a, I'm really very transformed this way. Um, I can go toe to toe with anybody and and challenge them on anything that I believe they need to be challenged on. Um, and whether or not they get it or whether or not they like me or whether or not, you know, whatever happens, it's on them, not on me. And I, I have that belief very deeply uh, inside of me. And interestingly, it's really helped me personally um, as well in my personal relationships. Um, and that was sort of an unanticipated uh, outcome. So the, the, this story is, is one of the reasons why I'm so compelled to mentor other coaches uh, worldwide, which, which I do on a pro bono basis, uh, because I see others in various stages of the exact same journey. And, and I just feel like, like I've got the answer, you know, he, this is, this is the answer. And, and I've helped so many coaches put these pieces together and really get out of their own way and have just amazing success that they couldn't have imagined. Um, that, that's very, very important to me to give back because there's no way I would have figured this out. Uh, without the right neighborhood at that time. Um, and I'm eternally grateful for that. Wow. So you really achieved a mind shift for yourself and like a domino effect started in so many things until today. And you are now able to help other people because you walked the way yourself. <laughs> so I'm really curious, Mark, now, and I'm sure the audience is too. How is it possible to get you as a coach? And are you only working with CEOs and coaches? Or are you also open to take on board other people that are looking for a great coach like you? So I have bad news and I have good news. <laughs> the, ba the bad news is my coaching practice is full. 
and has been full for the last five or six years uh, and will continue to be full. Um, so I don't, I'm not taking on new coaching clients and I only work with a team environment. I don't do one-on-one coaching um, at all. Um, the good news is, however, that I am a part of an amazing global network of coaches like me, who I know personally, many of whom I've mentored, um, and I am more than happy to get anyone who needs help the help they need uh, by taking some time and then finding a coach that can serve them uh, with equal or frankly even better capability than I could offer. Um, and uh, again, that's just a part of my ecosystem of, of giving back. Um, so I may not be the answer, but I will have the answer. Mm, very nicely said. That makes sense. And I will put all the information in the show notes to uh, make it easy for people to reach out to you or your team and learn more. Mark. Thank you. One one other yeah. one other thing I'll say is I'm uh, putting out quite a bit of content on LinkedIn these days, and so any of the listeners who are interested in connecting with me somehow most easily could connect with me on LinkedIn, uh, and it's Coach Mark Green uh, on LinkedIn, and you can find me there. That's a great tip. So this will be also in the show notes. And now my question for you is, Mark, because you have all this experience and expertise, what would you say from your standpoint was the most valuable advice you ever got? Read more. Read more. No matter how much you are currently reading or consuming, figure out how to, how to double it. And I am always looking for, for ways to increase my ability to take in new thinking and new content and new ideas. Um, and that could be in written form. It could be in audible form when I'm driving in my car. Uh, it, it, all, all sorts of inputs. Perfect. I'm exactly like you, Mark. So I have always books with me and uh, on audible audiobooks because I love to listen and read all this new content to come up with new ideas, new solutions. So I absolutely agree with you. And maybe talking about this content and learning new things, do you have a book recommendation besides your book? You can pick any book, just a book that really inspired you, helped you and something you could pass on here. Yes, absolutely. The, the book that I most recommend to clients and to other leaders is a book called Influence, The Psychology of Persuasion that was written all the way back in 1984 by a psychologist named Robert Cialdini, which is spelled C-I-A-L-D-I-N-I. -I -I. And this book is the seminal book on the psychology of influence And um, it's fascinating because these are all of the levers that, for example, the advertising world uses. They're also all the levers that a three-year-old child uses with their parents. They're also the same levers that we use with ourselves and with others as we go through our day-to-day -day and either run our business or live our individual lives. And the science behind this book 
and the principles of influence, there, there are six of them in the book, um, are absolutely timeless and invaluable. Interesting that you're sharing this. And I think the author also wrote the book Power, like with the laws of power, 48 laws of power. And uh, I guess... No, that's uh, you're, you're thinking of somebody else. I think okay. that's Robert that's Robert Greenleaf or Green Tree, I think. Could, okay, um, could be. So this I'm, is... Uh, yeah. This is an, uh, this is Robert Cialdini, um, who yeah, who's a psychologist. He has another book that he wrote in, very recently in 2016 called Presuasion, P-R-E, suasion, and um, it's the it's the follow-on to influence. Uh, but of the two, I would read influence first. Okay, so we got that clear. Thanks for sharing that. That sounds really interesting. And of course, magicians are also masters in influencing people to do things on stage they want to have them do. So I'm going to check this out as well. When you liked it so much and also the other book, I think that's great. I will put this also in the show notes. And to wrap this episode up, Mark, It was really amazing to have you on the show today, sharing all this great insights, motivation, mindset tricks, and also the insights in your book, Activators. And I would love to leave the last words of this episode to you. So anything you would like to share with the audience, the stage is yours. Mm. Wherever you happen to be in your life right now, personally, professionally, on any dimension, You're exactly where you want to be. Now, you may not feel like you want to be there, but you are there. And the reason is because you're where you are as a result of the millions, if not billions, of decisions and choices and actions that you've made that have led you to where you are right now in every dimension of your life. The good news there is that if you realize that you made choices to get where you are, you can also understand then you can make choices to move somewhere else. So realize you're where you are as a result of your own choice and you have the power to change that. And it all begins with your, your mental model of how the world works and your understanding of the, your mind and your ability to use that to your advantage to do the things you need to do to get where you want to go. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening to today's interview with Mark Green. Check out his book, Activator. I will leave a link in the show notes so you can get your copy today. And also, if you like, with the same order, my podcast listening journal makes life really easier to have all your notes around podcasting secure in one place written down. Talk to you next week. Until then, create some magic. <laughs>